Hey everyone, I'm Johnny. I'm Victoria. Welcome to Tasty Pages, a podcast from Cooking the Books. Each week, we'll discuss a featured cookbook. And we'll rank each book in a variety of categories, including food photography and styling, degree of difficulty, and of course, taste. This week's featured cookbook is... Simply by Sabrina Gayor. Hey, Johnny. Hey, Victoria. How are you? Happy Sunday. Happy Sunday. I'm good. How's your day been? Busy. What didn't we do today? <laughs> Today's been a, this whole weekend has been a weekend. Yeah. We'll jump into that in a second. So welcome to Tasty Pages episode nine. Hey everybody. Thanks for listening. Yeah. We appreciate you. We'll take care of a little bit of housekeeping. We know that you don't like to be sold any more than we like selling. So we'll make it quick. Make it quick. Yep. If you go to anchor.fm slash tasty pages, you'll see a support button there. You can think of it as like an online virtual tip jar and you can show your support and appreciation for what we're doing here. Um, if you choose. Otherwise, if not, that's cool too. I'm a terrible salesperson, Victoria. That's okay. I think you're doing an okay right. job. And then lastly, if you go to the webpage, which is just uh, wecookbooks.com, you'll see a store tab and that will direct you to our amazon.com affiliate page. And we've got fun stuff on there to browse and shop. And best of all, if you make a purchase there, it doesn't cost you a penny more. You get something cool. You get to support us. We get a few pennies from Amazon, and uh, it's a win-win. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Victoria, how are you doing? I'm good. Yeah. We had a, well, a busy, lovely day. Yeah. We started out. Uh, so we talk about doing yoga all the time, and we do like... Okay, so if you guys are not going to gyms yet, and I don't know why you would be, because that is a cesspool of germs. <laughs> it's a risky activity. The idea of it just terrifies me, and we used to go every single day. Download the NTC, Nike training app. It's all free. It's amazing. There's some good stuff on there. So, yeah, we did two different uh, yoga workouts. Um, they were both killer. Yeah. Killer. They were intense. But or it was a great way to start the day. Go out for a run or a bike ride. It's, you know, in the summer, that's that's all you need. Be outdoors. Or in my go case, for a hike. in my case of roller skating. Yes. Here, Here's, I'm like the weird neighborhood lady who's like skating around in actual roller skates yep. because I used to play roller derby. Yep. Um, I, during quarantine, I had to replace my roller skates because they both miraculously just fell apart on my feet. Maybe it's a sign. I don't know. You shouldn't be rollerblading. Rollerblading? <laughs> or roller we skating. We don't rollerblade up in here. All right. Anyway, I'm getting off. I'm <laughs> totally off topic. Let's talk about what we just finished. All right. Uh, go for it. So we just finished Burma Superstar by Desmond Tan and Kate Le- Leahy. Um, that was fun. It, it was. That was a good one. It was. Um, I learned a lot about geography and there there is a lot of like a lot of knowledge in that book there's it's some, a there's good some added benefits to doing these uh this cookbook project we learn a lot about different places political geographical culturally give it to me all i yeah. just I, let me learn everything now the next step and that's where you come in dear listener you show your support on that support page that i mentioned earlier and we'll actually get to travel to these places Ooh, one can only wish yeah right, here we go well that's i mean the next step that's I the next mean, level considering that americans aren't allowed any 
anywhere right now. Yeah, that's true. So we'll wear a wait. mask, people. We'll have to wait until November, hopefully. Oh, fingers crossed. Yep. Okay. Okay. Enough of that. <laughs> what What do we have on deck, Johnny Balmer? We have a book called Alpine Cooking by Meredith Erickson that we are going to be... Uh, we actually... Borrowed it from the library. And we begun... Begun? Is that a word? Began. We began it this, uh, this afternoon <laughs> by so making... Cute. Uh, pork and pumpkin stew. That's no, that's, no, that's in the Burmese book. We made a what spring rhubarb cocktail. <gasps> yes, that oh, was see? a gorgeous color of pink. Which is crazy that our grocery store actually okay. This grocery store that we go to sometimes is really unreliable for what they stock, and they had motherfucking rhubarb. Yeah, and I was so excited. It's it's. Nearing the end of its run, it's not oh, springtime in Chicago anymore. Like as not. we record this, we're moving into fall weather, and they somehow had rhubarb, so we snatched it up and yep. made this cocktail, and it was delicious. It was super, and it was good. beautiful. It was this beautiful, like light pink. Yeah, you'll be seeing photos. I think we took a little selfie podcast photo that we'll post at the time this uh, airs. So. Go find that. Um, and then another book that we just received from our local library that we're pretty excited to dive into is uh, Son of a Southern Chef by Lazarus Lynch. Um, it is a cookbook like no other. I haven't like examined any of the recipes. I flipped through it really oh my God. quick. You're it, in for a treat. It's from what I've seen. Um. Lazarus looks like someone that I totally want to be friends with. Yeah. And if he's got good recipes in his pocket, yep. oh, I'm all on board. This is this is going to be a fun cookbook. I'm but it, super it, you excited. Know, if, if you're familiar with it, you know what we're talking about. If not, do some uh, do some investigating because it is it is a cookbook like no other. I, I'll leave it at that. Okay. So since I already blew our wad for what's for dinner tonight, we're having pork and pumpkin stew. And that's from Burma Superstar. That's the last dish we're making yes. from that book. Blew our wad. <laughs> I'm so crass. Um, and then don't forget for dessert. Oh, yeah. What? Which? Which are we doing for dessert? Well, talk about this. What you just made today? Okay, so and shot today. From I'm, I'm. This is probably like the third time you're hearing about this book because we are working through it very slowly. Um, Winton Bakes by Ed Kimber. Uh, I made these. Lovely. It, I've never done an icebox uh, recipe before, something that has no baking. So it's a first. It was like super fun for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's uh, these uh, peppermint chocolate slices. They're and beautiful. They're gorgeous. We and just photographed them today. Photographed them, gave some away already. Yep. So if yeah. you were our neighbor, you would be enjoying the spoils of our labor right? on a regular basis because we just send out the text and we say, hey, Peppermint chocolate slices. Who's in? And it doesn't take long for the neighbors to flock. Well, let's dive into this book because this was this was a fun one. Now, if you've been listening to the podcast, thank you. And you'll know from episode one, if you've uh, streamed that, that uh, Sabrina Gayor, Bizarre, her previous book, uh, Vibrant Vegetarian Recipes, was the first book featured on the podcast. And then shortly after that, this new release from her entitled Simply showed up in the mailbox and we loved Bazaar so much that we figured we'd give this one a whirl. And uh, 
We she, dove into it. She uh, joins a very small club of, uh, and I think we should do a podcast on it yeah. sometime about it. Yeah, because like, um, we have done, I think, over a hundred cookbooks since beginning this project. And there are very few authors that we have featured more than once. Mm-hmm. Um, not intentional like- necessarily. It's just, you know, there's so much out there as, as anyone who's into cookbooks knows. And so um, it's just rare when we circle back, but there's definitely- I think we're at like four or five There's like a handful names. of people where we just kind of vibe with what they're offering and, and their recipes and we'll happily, you know- cook from any book that they have available so well and i think there's going to be more that are going to be added to that list because there are some cookbooks coming out this fall that i'm super excited for indeed all right so the first dish uh on the list cauliflower and cumin soup so here we are with the cauliflower again yep it's a pretty common ingredient in our kitchen i feel like cauliflower eggplant like those are kind of mainstays yep now all the dishes in this book as the title would imply are really simple to make most have less than 10 ingredients preparations really simple so these are all things that you could easily throw together on a on a weeknight or just if you're pressed for time um this cauliflower and cumin soup was no exception um we took one liberty Yes, we used uh, vegetable stock instead of broth to uh, boil the cauliflower. I kind of, I kind of wish that um, the cauliflower would have been roasted. Everyone makes fun of me for how I say cauliflower. <laughs> um, I kind of wish the cauliflower was roasted. Yeah, to add a little bit of depth, and then takes on a different flavor profile, I feel, than if you just boil it in water, which is kind of what this recipe calls for. But then again, you're completely changing the recipe, yeah. and, we're, no, and we're not trying to do that. So I I think it's safe to assume they probably employed this mes- method just for simplicity mm-hmm. and, you know, just in an effort to, you know, minimize the amount of prep and dishes and, and, and just in sticking with the theme of the book. So I totally understand why they did it and... We definitely won't fault them for that. Absolutely not. Um, but again, like you mentioned, like using stock instead of water, I, I think probably just water is just to simplify the recipe. And it's just one less ingredient that you have to either purchase or make or whatever. Because this this book is not really about like making stuff from scratch, making stock from scratch. Or no, stuff like no. That. Like, so, okay, let's do our stock. Let's yeah. do this. Let's grow our cauliflower in the backyard. Yeah, it's not that type um, of book. Oh, and also one other thing, the recipe called for an immersion blender. Um, Our immersion blender is nearing the end of its life. It makes this horrible screeching sound every time we use it. It's serviceable, but it's not the first thing I grab for in the pantry. And if I'm going to have a blended soup, I want it to be velvety and blended. So we use the Vitamix. Yep. As as usual. Um, I don't know. Not much to say about It it was good. It was very comforting, good fall cold weather soup mm-hmm. as well. Um, it was delicious. And then I think we made that with, um, or we served it with sunchoke hummus, which we discussed in a previous episode uh, from Eating Out Loud. We were kind of working through both books at the same time. And then we just got some store-bought naan and just mm-hmm. had it with that. And it was perfect, perfect, perfect light dinner. All right. 
let's move on. Go to the next dish. Victoria. All right. The next dish is roasted nectarines with Lebna herbs. I almost said herbs again. How very British of you. <laughs> I don't know why. Herbs and honey. Um, love nectarines when we made this. They're at their peak right now. Ab- absolutely. With peaches. Well, they're kind of moving out. But when we made this, they were at their peak. Yep. Like It was like eat a, eat a ripe peach over the sink kind of weather. Yep. Um, and we actually... A lot of times, just because we always have it on hand, we will just use um, Greek yogurt. And I know that you can strain the Greek yogurt through cheesecloth to make, make Lebna. Mm-hmm. But we we get a little lazy sometimes. So, <laughs> but we had Lebna on hand, so we used it. Yep. Um, first time we tried it. Yeah, it was good. Well, actually, it wasn't the first time we tried it. What Did we get it specifically for this dish? There was a dish in Eating Out Loud that okay. we discussed in a previous episode where we where we used it as well. Um, let's see. Uh, so, basically, we just roasted the um, nectarines, nectarines underneath the... I thought I turned my ringer off, but I didn't. Sorry for that. Uh, we roasted the nectarines under the... Uh, we roasted them, and then hit, at the very end, we hit them under the broiler just to get them a little bit extra roasty toasty. Technical term. <laughs> <laughs> um, then they just go down on the bed of uh, Lebna. Uh, what else do you have to say about this? Um, Gets topped with a little bit. Grilling of honey. them would probably work just as well mm-hmm. um, as roasting. Um, so it makes it a good kind of backyard barbecue type of dish. Um, I think. You know, most people would appreciate this if you threw a big platter of grilled oh, nectarines or peaches yes. out, and and you know the wine was flowing. I, I get yeah. totally seeing this being like a great like summer barbecue backyard I would have party. So kind much of thing. gratitude, like yep. if someone gave this to me, I'd be like, yep. thank you. Even as like a dessert kind of thing or post meal kind of thing, like I would I would happily devour a big bowl of right of these uh, with that you know the sweetness from the honey and the and the nectarines themselves so and just a little note on go. this it took longer for them to roast in the oven because our oven always takes longer for yeah. everything Runs a little cool yeah add add like another seven eight minutes on yeah. to any time it's just you got how, to know your <laughs> oven it's just how we roll um all, all right. right next go on balmer smoky beef that sounds like, that sounds like someone that should be like playing mandolin in the like Mumford uh, and Sons or something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. Like on mandolin, smoky beef. The honey creek dippers. Yep. Original honey creek dippers. All right, so smoky beef, potato, and pea, pan fry with eggs and yogurt. Sounds Ooh, like it sounds like really? a mouthful. And it was. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with this dish. Now the one the one liberty we did take with this is that we air fried the potatoes in our instant pot slash foodie ninja. I swear to God, once ninja you get foodie. an air once you get an air fryer, your life is gonna change. Yep. So in an effort to keep things a little healthier and not uh, be frying potatoes in oil, we just did the air fryer. It's so simple. You can throw those in there while you're prepping other mm-hmm. ingredients and in probably 15 minutes you're good to go and i love it because it gets that nice charred outer skin but they're still kind of creamy and soft inside the the flesh oh so good um and then we just added these to the pan like a little later in the cooking time um 
Not unlike a shakshuka dish that we just made recently, where you crack the eggs in the wells that you make. And it's a meat shakshuka. It. Yeah, basically. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good way to put it. Um, you want to talk about the ground beef? Oh, let me talk about the meat. All right. I can wax poetic on meat all day long. Um, so there, and we've mentioned this before, we get our ground beef from Avram Farm. Um it comes in little tubes. It's frozen. It's super fresh. Yep. Like, it's amazing. The texture of it is so unlike grocery store ground beef. Yeah. I feel and like the, taste the, the is, grind is a little coarser. Uh-huh. And just the color, that's the biggest thing that stands out to me is like you open up that package from this local farm, and I'm sure everyone, you know, no matter where you are, has access to, you know, quality ingredient like this. And... There's none of that kind of pale color. Well, and meat just, gets like gray from it oxidizing. Yeah, like you see yeah. the little tray of ground beef yeah. in the store and yeah, it's turning yeah, yeah. gray already, yeah, which yeah, is yeah. gross. Um, so anyway, Avon Farm, we love you. Yeah. But I mean, when you're... Thanks for the meat. I think we've preached this before, but when you're starting with real simple, basic recipes... Use the best quality ingredients that you can source because it just makes such a world of difference. And it, and I think it just really allows these kind of ingredients to shine. And this dish was no exception with that, where it's just like you throw that ground beef in there and it's just like, oh, so good. From um, a photo uh, perspective, I felt really bad about this because, you know, you put it in the oven so that the eggs can cook. And you don't want the gross uncooked slime to keep in so that the yolks will still be yellow. Yep. So we let them go a little bit longer and you know, you get some of that the some of the white film on top. They might the have eggs, been just slightly over, but they were still really good. And well, I think they got over just from like sitting there while we were taking photos. Gotcha. Like if we I think if we would have just like crammed our fork into the egg right after we pulled it off, it would have been would have been aces. Right. All right. Uh, I mean, otherwise, cumin, paprika, and turmeric make an ex- make an appearance, and it's great. This was this was quite the flavor bomb. This mm. was really good. Uh, next dish, Victoria. Uh, sticky peach and halloumi skewers. More grilled stone fruit. I know, right? We're Whoa. crazy about. Uh, hey, they're in get, season at the time. We're taking advantage of it. Get it while you can. And I mean, they had us at halloumi. Yeah. We've, we've, oh, he loves his halloumi yeah, so much. We've I preached like it about, I love you, halloumi. Oh, halloumi. <laughs> we've, we've talked about halloumi before, but anyone, if you've not had it, seek it out. It's fantastic. Yeah, these were just on skewers. Uh, it had a glass, uh, glass. It had a glaze of apricot jam, and you chuck a little chili flake on there for some heat. It had some thyme. Um, Interestingly, you you kind of char everything and grill everything first, and then you kind of assemble them on skewers after the fact, correct? Well, here's the thing. the Since you are a master at the plancha. Stovetop plancha. Mm-hmm. Lodge cast iron plancha. Yes. I love it. Um, you did the, uh, the peaches on the plancha, and then we cook the halloumi separately and then it just all gets put on skewers there you go yeah so it's not like a throw it all on a skewer grill it one and done uh you can't do that correct so that's what i thought was kind of interesting Mm -hmm. 
And I think we use we use nectarines for this, correct? Instead of the peaches? We did because the peaches were garbage. Yes. They were super bruised. They looked they looked like somebody put them in a box and like shook them violently. So right. we we did use nectarines on that. I mean, this would be another fantastic, you know, backyard summer feeding a crowd kind of mm-hmm. affair. You bring a platter of these out and oh man, especially with that halloumi. Well, and it's something that doesn't need to be like served hot or cold. Right. It's like perfect, set it out, let it go. All right, moving along. Ooh, this next one is kind of controversial. Yep. Grilled pineapple and potato curry. Um, you want to talk about this first? Yeah. Okay. Go for it. Here's the thing. I like pineapple. I love grilled pineapple on its own. When you grill it, it gets all sweet and caramely and lovely. Um, introducing pineapple into savory dishes, I think, is a not great proposition. It's a challenge. I will fight anyone who says pineapple pizza is good. I will fight you. What kind of animal does that? <laughs> I know. Like, no, we don't pizza. do that. We do um, not do that. Um, yeah, introducing pineapple into a savory dish, I feel, is a challenge because it just, the sweetness just overwhelms everything. Absolutely. And I feel like even grilling it uh, magnifies that sweetness. Oh, totally. Um, so I feel like, I mean, this had some heat that kind of counteracted the sweet, but basically what you do is you take these, uh, you saute some onions, sweat them, and, uh, and then you add um, your tomato, let that simmer, you add your potatoes, let it simmer, well, you add your potatoes and let it simmer, you yep. don't, um, and then at the very end, you add your pineapple so it's not being cooked in i think the whole thing would be like completely way too sweet if you cook the pineapple and let it simmer yeah Mm -hmm. well and here's the thing too there was a spice mixture in the dish consisting of cumin Mm -hmm. fennel mustard seed turmeric and chili but then you add cinnamon to it so now you've got this really assertive cinnamon flavor on top of this sweetness from the pineapple. I felt like the and cinnamon was, was a much. little bit too much, and it, it kind of it kind of dragged it over into like a baking dish for me. Yeah, kind of. cinnamon's another tough one. Like you have to use it in moderation. I mean, number one, I think you have to like cinnamon mm-hmm. because even the tiniest bit introduced in a dish, if you're not a fan, is you're gonna that's all you're gonna taste. See, here's the thing about cinnamon, though. Um, like the fake cinnamon flavors, like Big Red Gum, Hot 100, those things are disgusting. Yeah. They're disgusting. Pure, like actual real cinnamon, I feel like a lot of people don't have a problem with. But if you add too much, it's too much. I mean, yeah. just like anything. So I guess in summary, this was like a kernel of a good idea, but it, it probably would need a little tweaking mm-hmm. for for us personally. Your your results may vary. If you love pineapple, if you love pineapple in, uh, on savory applications, you would probably absolutely go bonkers over yeah. this. And I mean, don't get us wrong; this was certainly edible. We didn't like throw it in the garbage. Or no, anything we like had that. leftovers, and yeah. we ate we ate that the next yeah. day. So I mean, it was it was an okay dish. It was not our favorite from the book. I think that's safe to say. So, moving along. I think that's all we need to say on that. All right. Uh, Let's go to dessert. You made this one, so you get to talk on it. Turmeric, orange, and coconut rice pudding. 
How's that grab you? I love rice pudding, <laughs> but it's funny because it makes me think, oh, this, this sounds super mean of me. Uh, it makes me think of old people. Like how so? Like nurse? Why? I don't know. It makes me think of like nursing home. They serve a lot of rice pudding in nursing homes <laughs> that I'm unaware of. I don't know. I've never <laughs> been a resident of one, but I feel like that. Uh, I mean, See, I. Th- I think it's an imagery that gets created in my head. I freaking love rice pudding. I love it. You should be but blessed ma- to get <laughs> rice pudding at a nursing home. That's what I think. I know, right? You can't imagine what they're probably serving you Make there. it out without some bed sores, too. Yeah. <laughs> Although, once you go to the nursing home, you're probably never coming back. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm veering <laughs> off into, like, yep. I'm getting depressing. Sorry. Um, yeah. This was, this was a good uh, dessert. Uh, you know, with turmeric, a little goes a long way. And I, it's another spice where, you know, if you don't like it, you're going to notice it. Um, so, just be... Be judicious with the turmeric. Um, we actually use fresh, which is what the recipe calls for. So we grated some some fresh turmeric into the dish. And then um, there's some coconut milk, vanilla, and some orange, uh, both zest and juice in the dish. This one took a lot longer than... It did. It took forever. Yeah. It simmered on the stove for forever. I think it was about 9 o'clock yeah. by the time we actually photographed it. Yep. And ate it. Yep. Uh, we used a barrio rice since that was what we had on hand. It called for like a short grain rice. So you could so that use might that have been part carnoli. of the issue. Yeah, because it was like making risotto basically. Well, I mean, I think like maybe I think like if you would have like done the additions, and this is just me thinking because I've made rice pudding this way. Is like you do the additions because you know what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> you're smart like that. Like I do the additions, stir it, let it. Uh, let all that starch come out and let the liquid disappear, evaporate. It, yeah. Like, I, to me, that's the way I make it. I feel like that would be good. But, I mean, it's not my recipe. So Don't get us wrong. We liked it. We, we liked enjoyed it. it. It was delicious. It was good. I'm a, I'm a fan of the rice pudding. And this was definitely one that we had not had before as far as flavors go. Mm, so Not at all. It, it was Putting turmeric nice. in a dessert was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, all right. And then lastly, turmeric chicken kebabs. Now, no photographs were taken of this dish. No. There might have been some wine involved. And a malfunction grill. Yes, that's right. Yes. We went to fire up the grill, and, it, and this was also the same night we were having one of those grilled nectarine we did the, dishes. We did the... Uh, nectarine skewers. Yeah, so we had and these we big plans really to fire up our our gas grill, and at cooking time, for whatever reason, it was being real temperamental. It wasn't the the propane tank wasn't out because I I was out there fumbling around, scrambling, trying to get it working for several minutes, and then just like the the following day, it just kind of fixed itself. I like when that happens, mm-hmm. but it's very frustrating when you're actually like trying to use the the equipment and it doesn't work. Um, yeah. So we didn't get a photo of this one. That's okay. Not everything has to be, uh, you know, documented. So, Oh, but um, it kind of does. Well, for what <laughs> in we our do. case, <laughs> all right. Um, we did use uh, chicken thighs instead of chicken breasts, which uh-huh. is pretty typical for us. Just a personal preference. It's very rare when we get chicken breasts for anything. Just doesn't have a lot of flavor. And, it tends to get dried out. Yeah. Like, and I'm not a fan of, unless you're getting like really good stuff from our friends at the farm. It's just, it's, 
the the brush that you buy at the store not good. It goes from awesome to uh, sawdust in like half a second. I yes. feel like. Um, okay, so that's let's, the dishes. Let's do our ranking. So we rank each book uh, on a scale of one to five from four different uh, for four different categories. Yep, Let's start do. with um go with the first one, Victoria. Let's start with uh the food photography and styling. What do you have? I gave it a 4. Um there were no like lifestyle photos. There was not I don't think there was a single person in this book. I don't think so either. It was um, all all about the food. The food wasn't overly styled like the photos and I feel like it actually like fit with this book yeah. because everything it's called simply you want everything to look inviting and if there's a way to convey that from a photograph like easy to make not be intimidating yeah and I think if they spent too much time with like fussy plating or presentation it might be, be like, oh, I can't intimidating to like a like, novice cook yeah so mission accomplished yep um, I gave, you it give it a five. Uh, oh, Chris, wow, look at you. Chris Kirkham was the photographer. I thought they were great. I mean, they, they had some, as Lizzo would say, accessories mm-hmm. in the photo. Nicely styled, tasteful. Um, all the dishes look great. Most of the recipes have an accompanying photo. So if you're the type that likes to thumb through a book and see the finished product and what yours should look like, this, this uh, achieved that. So... No, no issues with the photography for on my end. All right, uh, design and layout. All right, what do you got? So I gave it a, a five. Um, it's a very no nonsense book. Not a lot of filler. There's not a lot of uh, you know additional extraneous writing. It just jumps right into the recipes. I think there's like what a little one or two page introduction mm-hmm. by the author, a page introduction. and then there's a there's a really nice acknowledgement page at the end. So I was looking at that. There's Olive Neighborhood Watch. Um, I thought it was nice that she kind of acknowledged all of the people behind the scenes for like the food styling and photography, and she just seems very gracious and stuff. So um, I appreciated that. Um, but yeah, I give it a five. I had no issues with the designer layout. Uh, there's a nice font used for like the title of each uh, recipe. It's kind of stylized, but it but it was kind of you know breaks it from being this monotonous cookbook kind of thing. So what'd you have? Uh, I gave it a four point five. Me and my my Your half point fives. my half scores. Um, really straightforward. What I liked is that uh, at the bottom of each page there was a like. Try it with this. Yes, I, I made this. a note of that too. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And um did you notice the vegetarian tab too? Yes. So yeah. for any, any of the vegetarian. dishes that happen to be vegetarian, even though this isn't exclusively a vegetarian book, um, they kind of alerted you mm-hmm. that you know this is for you if if that's if that's your jam. And then at the bottom of some pages, there would be like little helpful tips mm-hmm. and stuff, like just a little knowledge bomb to drop on you. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, 4.5. Uh, degree of difficulty, I gave it a two. It was, I gave it a one. Did you? Yeah. Wow, look at I you. Mean, I mean, I kind of assume that if, if you pick up a cookbook and dive in, you have to have some very, very basic kind of skills so that you're not going to cut a finger off or something. So that said, 
I don't think it gets much easier than the recipes in this book. Yeah, they you know, were pretty easy. I mean, it's not going to teach you how to cook, but assuming that you know how to do that and can like take care of yourself, <laughs> you're not a dummy. See, but when I think of like a number, a level one of degree of difficulty, I think of like... Making a sandwich? I think of <laughs> smear some gram, or here, smear some cream cheese on a graham cracker, sprinkle some cinnamon on it. See, to me, that's not cooking, put though. Some, well... That's just like... I get it, but... That's like dorm room but there feeding are, yourself so you don't starve. I know, but there are entire books to that. But that's not cooking. <laughs> <laughs> don't make me I'm, fight I'm, you. <laughs> I'm sticking to my, my okay. one. Absolutely. Go ahead. I gave yep. it a two. So, all right. Taste. Uh, I did mention also that most of the recipes are like 10 ingredients or less. Some are like six or seven. Okay. That's so, awesome. So, yeah. I mean, so for degree of difficulty, you don't have to have a lot in your pantry. Don't have to... Possess a lot of skill. It's not going to run up your grocery bill. Nope. Uh, so taste. I gave it a four. All right. I yeah. gave it a 3.75. Oh, goodness. <laughs> now we're doing quarter percentiles. <laughs> oh, Victoria. I'm fiddly. I can't help it. I know. <laughs> what, uh, any any comments, thoughts on the taste? Um, I thought the way that she used spices was really thoughtful. Mm-hmm. Um. There may have been like a moment or two of a little, like a pinch too much or whatever, but yeah. And that is, that can just be like a personal preference. Yeah. So, and I, I just deducted a point for, you know, we've already discussed the dishes and just for some things that I think we either personally didn't like, or the, the ratios and techniques were maybe a little bit undeveloped. Mm-hmm. Unexplored. Well, and it's um, really hard because we are in the middle of this Middle Eastern cookbook string. And I like as I go through my photos that we took, I'm like, oh, was this from this or this or this? They all kind of blend together. And there wasn't like one thing that made me go, holy crap. And and we've discussed this on previous episodes. Like Middle Eastern cookbooks are really having a moment. And this has got to be... I mean, since the beginning of the year, I would say this is probably the 10th one or so. I mean, we've done mm-hmm. a lot of Middle Eastern mm-hmm. cookbooks this year, um, and there's a lot to choose from. Yep. Which um, is, hello. Thank I'm not you, complaining. Pub- thank you, publishers. Let's yeah. get let's get some, let's get some uh, more people of color stuff out there. Yep. Let's do it. Yep. Because I will take every single one of them. Yep. Lazarus Lynch coming up. Oh, I can't wait. Yep. All right, that brings you to the end of another exciting, thrilling episode of Tasty Pages. So if you enjoyed the episode, please rate and review. Uh, You can find us on the web at wecookbooks.com, as well as Instagram uh, at we underscore cook underscore books. You can just type we cookbooks. It'll come up. Yep. Uh, and Facebook at We Cook Books. Um, production assistance was provided by Danny Schaefer. Thank you, Danny. All right. Thanks for listening, everyone. Have a glorious weekend. Until next week. Bye. I will leave you with a joke. Oh, okay. So, Victoria. Make it good. Yeah. Um, when I was younger, I had this office job, and my coworkers would always name the food in the refrigerator. And so one time for lunch, I had this tuna sandwich named Kevin. It was delicious.
<laughs> Thanks for listening, everyone. Have a great week. 